Welcome everyone to Daf Yomi, one week at a time. Uh, we are in Masecha Yivamot, and uh, today is our third class. We are going to review Daf 16 through 22. Uh, I am very grateful that all of you uh, are back, are joining us. Um, this is a very uh, complicated, confusing Masechet. Uh, and the first thing I want to do is thank, first of all, Hadran. Uh, we're, I'm going to be sharing the slides that I showed you last week as well. Uh, they have uh, excellent, I think, very helpful slides on their website, uh, which are available to download. So I'm going to share those with you today. Um, and uh, okay, let's begin. Um, so we are going to be, we're going to start on DAF 16, and we're going to uh, finish off the first chapter. Um, and we, the top of DAF 16 tells us that they permitted the co-wife of the daughter um, to, again, to the brother during the time of Rabbi Dosa ben Hurkunus. And uh, they, it seems that he uh, said that it was okay. Uh, and three great sages went to see him and ask why he said that this was okay. And the Gemara tells us it was uh, Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria and Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Akiva. Uh, that's giving us some uh, uh, vibes of Pesach and the Haggadah. Uh, but these are, um, right, the great sages of the time. Uh, and he honors them when, when they go to visit him. They decide they're going to ask uh, if it's true that he said that this was permitted. Um, and uh, when they ask him the halacha, he says, no, the halacha is according to Beit Hillel. You're not allowed to marry the co-wife. Uh, and it turns out that he tells them that he has a younger brother. Uh, and this younger brother was very sharp. Uh, and he said that uh, this brother is a student of Beit Shammai and who says that the co-wife of the daughter um, is uh, permissible, uh, though he himself says it is not permissible. And here it's interesting, uh, again, seeing the students of Beit Hillel and the students of Beit Shammai. Um, it seems that uh, this uh, this brother is very sharp, very witty, uh, very um, had 300 explanations as to why this should be permitted. Um, and um, uh, here, Rabbi Dosa is mentioned also as saying that, um, so he quotes uh, that Chagai Hanavi, this is, uh, I, I don't think he means uh, that the, the prophet Chagai actually sat on his bed, but that he has a tradition from uh, the, the prophet Chagai uh, that says that uh, the lands of Ammon and Moab, which is what we would call Transjordan, um, they actually separate ties during the seventh year, which is actually this year on a Shemitah year. Uh, the idea is that um, even though they're close to Israel, uh, it's not it's not seen as sacred land uh, like Israel, and therefore it does not uh, hold Shemitah, uh, and therefore the poor people can go to the other side of the Jordan in order to get uh, produce from them. Uh, Haggai also said um, that we do not accept accept converts 
from a certain nation, and here the Gemara goes through which nation are we exactly talking about, um, Tardumim, uh, or maybe something that sounds similar. Uh, the reason given is actually, right, again, we, we in general accept converts. Uh, here, this area, this region, the Gemara explains um, that it might be that these people are actually Jewish, uh, and therefore uh, there's no such thing as converting because they were actually Jewish. Um, the Gemara talks about maybe they're descendants from the slaves of King Solomon, Shlomo, uh, who were very wealthy and they seduced or they uh, enticed the Jewish women to marry them. Uh, so again, here uh, the child would um, here, the Gemara says maybe they're a mamzer. Again, mamzer is uh, a, a child from a forbidden relationship. Uh, or these are Jewish women that were raped and they had children. And again, uh, seems to be uh, very uh, complicated as to why, but there are different uh, explanations given, given here. Um, the Gemara tells us that we, we need to be concerned that non-Jews who come from uh, the lost tribes, uh, and therefore, um, if he betrothes a Jewish woman, um, so then that, uh, that does work. Uh, but again, most non-Jews aren't Jewish, right? Again, we're talking about this area where we're not sure if these people are Jewish or not Jewish. Um, and the Gemara says uh, that we're actually not sure we're not sure about the people who live in this area, and therefore it's a 50-50 chance whether or not they are Jewish. And again, we go back to the original statement of not accepting converts uh, from this region. And again, uh, the Gemara d describes what the region is. Um, the, you know, there are parts of Iran, parts of Iraq, parts of Syria. Uh, there are certain cities that are mentioned. Um, Daf 17, again, tells us different cities that, they, that are the area of the 10 lost tribes. Again, just uh, to remind us, historically, um, the right the Jewish people, the 12 tribes lived in Israel. Uh, the first exile was the exile of the 10 tribes. And we have a tradition that these 10 tribes were taken um, to the east uh, and were lost, right? And uh, they're actually organizations and they're people who go and search for the, the lost tribes. Um, there are communities in India, communities in the Far East uh, that have a tradition that they are descended from the lost tribe. So just interesting um, to hear, first of all, just historically, and also how the Gemara deals uh, with these people. Are they seen as Jewish or not Jewish? Uh, so I think it's just a very, uh, very interesting uh, idea. Um, the Gemara continues uh, and says, that, um, again, we're going through different areas uh, that could be this Tarmod, which we're not allowed to accept uh, converts from, and um, and maybe, right, maybe this place, everybody is uh, seen as pasul, meaning invalid to marry into, uh, because we don't know what the lineage is of all of these people. Uh, and with that, we finish um, the first chapter of Yivamot. I would love to say that it gets easier from here, but uh, that would not be true. Um, so everyone uh, just hang in there. Uh, we are going to get some pictures now uh, as we begin the, um, hold on, I'm also going to, uh, I'm going to open up the chat box. So if anybody has questions, feel free uh, to type in the chat box. Okay. Um,
Hold on. Here we go. So, uh, Daf 17, we start the second chapter, and uh, we are going to get some cases. Hold on one minute. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, the, the Mishnah tells us, okay, we're going to have uh, numerous cases. This chapter is going to start off with uh, the case in Hebrew. It's called Eshet Achiv Shelohaya Be'olamo. That means we're going to talk about the wife of a brother who uh, was never in the same world as his older brother. So here is our case. We have two brothers and... Um, Hold on, sorry, one second. Okay, here we go. Uh, we have two brothers. They are married to two wives. Um, and um, they, um, okay, two brothers, they are married. Uh, Ruvain dies, right? The older brother dies. And now Levi is born. You can see he's little. Uh, Levi was born. Um, now, uh, Shimon should be doing, should do Yibum to Yael, right? Shimon's wife. So he does that. He does Yibum. You can see there's a little like Yud in there. Um, and then Shimon dies. So now the question is, what happens with Levi? Right now, Levi is not allowed to marry Yael because um, she was married to Ruvain and he never, Levi, Levi never met Ruvain. Um, and therefore, um, he cannot marry her. And so too, her co-wife, Shula, um, cannot, uh, is also exempt uh, from Yibum. Now, says the Mishnah, if, again, Ruvain dies, now Levi is born. Now, Shimon, beforehand, Shimon married Yael or did Yibum. Now, he does Ma'amar. Again, Ma'amar is like a betrothal or a, a, a statement of intent, right? Shimon intends to do Yibum with Yael, uh, and he, he doesn't act what's called like Kiddushin, but it's called Ma'amar, where he betrothes or he doesn't act uh, to Yael. And now uh, Shimon dies. So now, um, because now we'll see uh, Yael is exempt, again, because she came from Ruvain, and Levi never met Ruvain. However, Levi can do Chalitza with Shula. Again, to remind us, Chalitza is the ceremony of uh, right, uh, setting the woman free, and she, uh, it's instead of Yibo. Okay? So that is the case in our Mishnah. Um, Okay, we'll get to this case in a minute. Okay, so first, um, I'll, I'll leave this here for a minute. The, the Gemara, so that's the Mishnah. Um, the Gemara explains that there are two different versions of the Mishnah that we just mentioned. Um, it says that both brothers existed, right? The, the verse says when it teaches us about Yibum, the Levite marriage, it says that two brothers Right, ki yashvu achim yachdav. The two brothers lived together, meaning not literally, but they both existed. Meaning that if only, right one brother did not exist, he is not obligated or not even allowed to do yibum. So that would be Levi in both of our cases in the Mishnah. Um, Another way to understand it is that he also, what does it mean that these are brothers? They also need to share the same father and mother. Uh, we'll discuss this a little bit later um, in today's um, in today's Shi'ur. Um, so, uh, again, we said that... Um, 
that again, Yibum in general is going to go through the father since we're talking about uh, concepts that have to do with inheritance uh, and the child. Um, we're going to see relationships that come through the father again later on. We'll talk about relationships through the mother and how that is going to work um, again here. The Gemara says um, you might have thought that the brothers need to share a mother and a father. That is not the case. Uh, they only need to share the father. Um, okay, we are now going to learn a, another concept. Uh, the concept is called in Hebrew and in the Gemara, Zika. Zika is uh, a bond, a connection that the brother has as soon as the original brother dies, right? So when we said uh, Reuven was married to Yael, when Reuven died, there's a Zika, there's a connection automatically without anybody doing anything to Shimon. Um, now, we are going to discuss uh, for uh, a, a few dapim now, what is, um, how strong is this bond? Again, this is before, you know, we still have the, the picture here of the heart, which, uh, as I mentioned, is ma'amar, right? Doing an act, which is like a betrothal. We are now going to ask, is the Zika, the connection, as soon as Ruvain dies, how strong is that connection? And that's going to be uh, a machloket. Some say it is extremely strong, and some say it's not as strong as you would think. So um, let's go to the next case. Okay, the next case is um, what's called a Shomeret Yavam. Shomeret Yavam is a woman who's waiting to do Yibom. Okay, so now we have two brothers, and um, uh, Ruben is married to Yael. Now Shimon, now Shimon, sorry, let's go back for a minute. As soon as Ruben dies, Shimon should do Yibum with Yael. He hasn't done anything yet. Now, the, the Gemara tells us that if Yael now dies, then Shimon can actually marry Yael's mother, right? Leah, who's up above. This seems to imply that there isn't Zika, because Zika, if there was a very strong bond between Yael and Shimon, even after she died, he would not be allowed to marry her mother. Um, as you can see, so here there's another case. Um, the, the, okay, so that, that was case number one, where we saw it seems to prove there isn't Zika, meaning that Again, there is the concept of a connection. It's not as strong as you think. Um, the Gemara says, well, maybe that's only when there are two brothers. Um, maybe if there was only, maybe if there was only one brother, maybe the Zika would be very strong or no, meaning as there's, there isn't a very strong connection. Uh, and therefore, uh, when Yael dies, so then um, he can marry her mother. Um, what happens if, um, what happens if, okay, so here is our case. We have uh, Yael is married to Ruvain and Ruvain dies. And now again, Shimon should do Chalitza, uh, Yibum with Yael, uh, but now she dies. So the Gemara tells us that um, he can marry her sister. Okay, again, which normally would not be okay, but he cannot marry her mother. 
So now, again, that seems to prove, again, that there isn't Zika because um, only if his wife died can he marry her sister, but again, not her mother. Um, or, says the Gemara, no, no, maybe he can marry her mother um, and maybe there is Zika. Again, we said maybe if it's one brother versus two brothers. Let's move on to Daf 18. Okay, Daf 18, um, again, we're still trying to figure out the strength of the connection uh, when the original brother dies. Uh, and we have numerous uh, examples of maybe we can prove that, again, the, the, the language in the Gemara is there is Zika or there isn't. When we say there is, it means it's very strong. When we say there isn't, we say it's not as strong as you think. Um, okay, so now we have, uh, again, let's go back to our original case where we had uh, Ruvain who died, Shimon who did Ma'amar to Yael, then Shimon dies, Levi can do Chalitza with, um, with, with Shula, right, with Shimon's wife. So the Gemara says, well, maybe it's because he did ma'amar, right? There's that heart over there. But that proves that if he didn't do ma'amar, maybe she can actually do, do yibum with Levi. Maybe Shula can do yibum. That would prove, again, ein zika. There isn't this strong bond. And we say, no, even if he didn't do ma'amar, he can still only do chalitza. Um, Again, uh, we have a machloket, what, uh, is there Zika or not? Okay, our next question, uh, okay, so here, again, as I said, maybe she's permitted to Levi, uh, and we end up saying, no, she is not permitted, uh, even if they only did, right, again, these, these um, dotted lines or circles, um, that means the Zika, right? There's a connection. And as long as there's a connection, right, this would be Yesh Zika. That strong connection would mean that Levi cannot do um, do um, Yibum or Chalita with Shula. Again, just to remind us, why can he not do Yibum? Again, Yael was the original hus uh, wife of Ruvain. Ruvain died. Now Levi never met Ruvain and therefore he's called, right, the he's the, the brother that never existed at the same time as Ruvain. Therefore he's not allowed to do uh, Yibum with Yael uh, and therefore so too with her co-wife. Uh, so that is this case and that's a big X meaning uh, we are again uh, different of opinion whether you're allowed to do that or not. Next case in our Gemara, um, we have, uh, hold on one minute. Uh, ah, okay, this is the same case again. I'll just show it to you. Again, two brothers. Uh, he dies. Now Levi is born. Then Shimon dies. He cannot marry Yael. Uh, he is is allowed to marry Shula. Again, Shimon didn't do anything uh, to Yael. Okay, our next case are four brothers. I hope everyone is still with me. Um, okay, four brothers. Um, they are married to two sisters, right? Two, sorry, two brothers are married to two sisters. There are two other brothers left. Okay, now, Ruvain and Shimon die. We'll discuss maybe how in a minute. Um, now, as soon as uh, Ruvain and Shimon die, 
Levi and Yehuda, right, both have a zika, right, a connection to both sisters, right, to both wives. Now, both of these wives are sisters, and if you remember from last week, if two sisters are fall to the same person, right, as you cannot marry either of them. Uh, so now it becomes problematic. So here we go. So the Gemara tells us that each brother, uh, right, one brother does chalitza with one of the widows, right? They each do chalitza with one of them. They are not allowed to do um, yibum. This would imply that there is zika, right? These dotted lines are very strong, uh, and therefore it connects everybody together, uh, and that's why they can't do yibum, says the Gemara. Um, so then the Gemara says, no, uh, that's not the, that's not really the case. Maybe there still isn't Zika, um, but you can't do Yibum lest one of them does Yibum and then the other brother dies and then he can't do Chalita or Yibum to either, uh, either wife and then he gets, uh, it gets all messed up. Um, the Gemara talks about, again, two brothers marrying two sisters. Um, if one of the wife, wives is a minor, if the first brother dies, you encourage the minor to do mi'un. If you remember last week, uh, we discussed mi'un. Mi'un is when a minor was married to uh, a man. Uh, her brother gave her to be married. Um, she can annul the marriage as long as she's still a minor. Uh, and then if that happens, then the brother can do yibum to the first wife. Uh, if she doesn't do miyun, if the um, the minor, the uh, the other wife doesn't annul her original marriage, then when she becomes an adult, um, then uh, the original wife goes free without yibum. Uh, and again, that seems to show that there isn't zika. Right? Again, it's not uh, as strong as you think. Um, when a woman is waiting for uh, yibum, right? Can right? And then a brother is nekadesh her. Ah, sorry. Oh, if there's a woman who's waiting to do yibum, and then her uh, one of the brothers who's supposed to do yibum does kedushin, he betrothes her sister. Right? He wasn't supposed to do that. He's supposed to be marrying her. So we tell him to wait till another brother does yibum or chalitza, and then he could marry the sister, right? Again, this seems to imply that there is zika, there is a strong connection. Um, again, we go back to uh, maybe only if there's two brothers uh, as opposed to one brother. Okay, I hope everyone is still here. Uh, next Mishnah. Uh, the next Mishnah, we have two brothers. Uh, now, again, two brothers are married to two women, um, and the one brother dies, and now Shimon does Yibum with, again, with the, the widow, and now Levi is born, right? This should seem sound familiar because we did this before, and now Shimon dies. The first wife, uh, again, the first wife is free, meaning she's not allowed to do Yibum to Levi, again, because he never met Ruvain, and Shimon's wife goes free also. She's not allowed to do Yibum. Now, if Shimon did Ma'amar, right, these should sound again familiar. If Shimon does Ma'amar um, and then he dies, then his wife, right, again, Shula, uh, can now do Chalitza. 
but cannot do yibum. So um, the Gemara says that, um, right, again, um, they cannot do yibum. Now, Rabbi Shimon says that, again, Ruven dies. Then he marries, he does yibum to Yael. Shimon dies. Ah, sorry, one second. The case here is Shimon dies. And ah, and now Levi is here again. Yes, and now Sh- Ruvain died. Shimon dies. Now Sh- Rabbi Shimon, don't get confused. Rabbi Shimon says that Levi can do yibum or chalitza with either wife. Why? He says that when Levi was born, right? Let's go back for one minute. When Levi was born, Shimon was married to two women, and that means. It has nothing to do with Ruvain anymore, right? He never met Ruvain. Now, we'll see later on, but I'll just say it here. According to Rabbi Shimon, as soon as Shimon, Shimon the brother, marries Yael, she becomes his wife. She's not the Yivama, right? She's not Ruvain's widow anymore. She's Shimon's wife. And therefore, Levi can actually, when Shimon dies, now it's like a regular case, his brother died, and he can now do Yibum with either, right, with either wife. Um, the sages say no, meaning the first opinion is no. Um, Yael, even though she does Yibum with Shimon, and she, for all intents and purposes, is Shimon's wife, we say that she still retains the identity of being Ruvain's wife. And therefore, Levi, Levi can never marry Yael, according to Chachamim, according to the first opinion. Rabbi Shimon says no. Okay, so that's going to be um, our discussion uh, now. So um, the Gemara tells us that Rabbi Shimon allows Levi to do Yibum to the wife. Uh, again, in the first case also, even right if, if he does uh, Yibum with Yael. And now the Gemara asks, if one brother dies, and then, again, Ruvain, right? And then Shimon is born, that, um, so that, sorry, one second. Ah, so again, if a brother dies and then a brother is born, that's what we called, right? Uh, right, a brother that never met the original brother. So, Again, the Gemara asks, he must hold that yesh zika, right? That there is this zika. And therefore, when Ruvain dies, his wife is as if married to Shimon when Levi is born. Again, as I mentioned before, that's why Rabbi Shimon allows Levi to marry, or sorry, to do yibum to Yael, to Ruvain's original wife. We now have um, a Breita of three brothers okay three brothers are married to three women they are not related right therefore they're in different colors um shimon dies ruvain uh sorry ruvain dies shimon does ma'amar to the to tamar right to ruvain's widow then shimon dies then levi can now do chalitza with either one of the of Shimon's wives or right almost wife, um, but he cannot do Yibum because again um, Tamar is still linked to Ruvain, and we're going to the Gemara tells us 
that a man is not allowed to do yibum with someone who is um, right needs yibum from two houses, from two brothers, right? So we still didn't do yibum for Ruvain, and now we need to do um, yibum for Shimon. So Levi is not allowed to do yibum with either widow. However, he is allowed to do chalitza. Uh, another opinion is actually he can do yibum with either one of uh, the women. Daf 19 says, no, you cannot do yibum to both. Maybe you have to do yibum to one. As we mentioned before, you can't do yibum to two houses. Again, this seems to show that um, he wasn't sure if there is a Zika or not, right? And here we have a, a concept that um that if you do um if that zika is like as strong as marriage right uh, it, the idea is that uh sorry if the ma'amar is strong like marriage right shimon does ma'amar to tamar again like a betrothal to tamar is it as if he married her he didn't yet but it's more than doing nothing so how strong is that bond Right? Maybe, and here again, the, here the Gemara says, maybe Zika is like marriage, again, without Ma'amar. Um, and uh, and the, the Gemara says, right, when there's one Yavam, I understand that it's very strong, but maybe if there were two brothers, maybe it would not be as strong. The, um, okay, Daf 19. Um, next case, we have, again, Three brothers. Uh, hold on one minute. Um, let me see if we have it. Yes. Okay. Um, three brothers. Um, two of them are married to two sisters or a mother and a daughter, and they die. So then the other brother, again, those the dotted line is that there's a zika. There's a, a connection already to the two sisters, and therefore. Um, the brother can do chalitza, but he cannot do yibum. Uh, however, Rabbi Shimon says, no, that they don't need anything, right? They do not uh, need, they don't even need chalitza. Uh, they are exempt from either one of those things. Um, okay, so now, one second. Um, ah, the other option is, again, so now let's go to another case, right? Again, three brothers were married. Um, ah, sorry, one second. He, the, the, here's just the explanation, right? Rabbi Shimon says she's exempt because, right? Again, if Rabbi Shimon says that the zika, the connection, is as if they were married, so then the Gemara says, why doesn't he just do yibum with one with one sister? And then uh, when the other one, right, then with the other, when the other um, brother dies, then um, he, uh, one of them, right, he can do Yibum with Yael, and then Chana, the other wife, is exempt completely, right? Again, here is uh, what it would look like, uh, Yibum with one sister, and the other one is exempt. Uh, but he doesn't say that. He says they're both exempt. Uh, so then the Gemara says, no, maybe, um, maybe, oh, sorry, I missed a question. 
One second, if both are permitted, he can marry. No, so, good question. Sorry. Um, when we say both are permitted, it doesn't mean that he can marry both. It means that he can choose which one he wants to marry. You are not allowed to marry both. Remember, for the, our original understanding is you're not really allowed to marry your, your brother's wife. We only let you do it in one special case, which is Yibum. So therefore, you can do it for one wife, but not the other. Okay, if you remember the case we just had were three brothers, two of them were married to sisters. Uh, the Gemara in that case also gave another option, which is maybe instead of them being married to two sisters, they're married to a mother and a daughter. Now, Rava says, no, 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 you read it wrong. What it really was, what was the case? That these two brothers are not only married to two sisters, but they're also married to a mother and daughter because, you know, it wasn't complicated enough. So, meaning they're all um, forbidden relationships uh, if they were together, right? And now we have the case of the two brothers dying, and now we say uh, here that um, Levi can do Yibum with, right, again, the one, as long as it's the other, right, Levi can do uh, Yibum with the mother and with the sister, right? You can't do the other one. And then the others become exempt uh, because they are now related to the women that he did Yibum to. Um, so the Gemara says, no, 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 it's really only married to one pair. Uh, and again, as we said, Rabbi Shimon said that both do not need Yibum or Chalitza. Um, the Gemara first asks about this case, wait a minute, why doesn't, as soon as Ruvain dies, why doesn't he marry one of the women? And then when Shimon dies, okay, now they, they are exempt. Uh, and the Gemara says, no, no, no. The case is that Reuven and Shimon die at the same exact time. Uh, and therefore, both women or four women fall to Levi at the exact same time. Um, next case. Uh, our next case is um, two brothers, uh, again, married to... Um, okay, two brothers married to two women. Um, one brother dies. Shimon wants to do Ma'amar. I like this. This is a great slide, right? He's thinking about doing Ma'amar, but he hasn't done it yet. Now Levi is born. If you remember Levi, uh, Levi is born. Shimon dies. Now, again, our cases beforehand were Shimon either did Yibum to Yael or he did Ma'amar. Here he was only thinking about it. Now uh, Shimon dies. So Yael is exempt. Because again, uh, Levi never met Shimon. And Shula, um, um, Levi can do uh, Yibum or Chalitza. The next class is, well, and if Shimon actually did Ma'amar to Yael, and then Levi was born, or Levi was born, and then he did Ma'amar, again, Yael goes free, she's exempt. And the second one does Chalitza, she cannot do Yibum. I don't think I have more pictures. No, there are no more pictures to that. Um, Rabbi Shimon says that actually um, he can do Chalitza or Yibum. Um, the, the third, so that's two cases. Again, first case is he thought about doing Mamar. 
second case is he did ma'amar. The third case is that Shimon actually marries Yael, and then Levi was born, uh, or the opposite, and then Shimon dies. No Yibum or Chalitza, again, because Levi never met uh, Ruvain. Therefore, his wife, Yael, uh, exempts not only herself, but also Shula. Um, and then the case is that um, if Shimon was married, again, married Yael, and then Levi was born, and then he died. So again, no Yibum or Chalitza, uh, says Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Shimon says Levi can do Yibum with either wife, as we saw before, um, because they're both seen as Shimon's wife. Um, now, it sounds like if it, if it didn't sound like it, um, the last two cases, three and four, are very, very similar. They seem to be the same. The only difference is Rabbi Shimon has a difference of opinion between case three and four. So now the Gemara asks, what does it mean he was thinking about doing ma'amar? What does that mean, thinking? Either he did it or he didn't, right? There's no such thing as, yeah, I mean, it is nice intention, but he didn't do anything. Um, so the Gemara says, no, maybe he wanted to do Ma'amar, but she didn't want it, meaning she didn't accept it. And therefore, the Gemara is teaching us that that doesn't work. You cannot do Ma'amar against the woman's will. Uh, and therefore, um, and therefore, it's as if he didn't do it, and it doesn't count. So that's just an interesting uh, discussion. Um, case number two, where he does do ma'amar, Rabbi Shimon argues about this case. Um, and th right, she, he does ma'amar, Shimon does ma'amar, then the brother was born. Um, Shimon, again, Shimon's wife needs real yibum, and uh, Reuven's wife goes free, again, because we're not sure if she's seen as Reuven's wife. That, that would mean Levi cannot do Yibum, or she's seen as Shimon's wife. So that is uh, what we're not sure about. Um, and when, right, again, when Levi comes into the world, Yael is already Shimon's wife, so he says she can do Yibum. So we're just repeating uh, and kind of going over the same ideas. Uh, and Chachamim say, as we said before, she's still seen as Ruvain's wife, even though. Um, Shimon is now married to her. Next, um, next case. <laughs> um, we have, okay, uh, you can see the family. Uh, there's a husband and wife, they have a boy. A husband and wife, they have a girl. Now, uh, they get, uh, he dies, David, David dies, and Hannah marries Yaakov. So now we have basically a step, right, step siblings. They are not really related in the sense that they do not share a mother or a father, meaning when they were born. So the sister from the, mar let's say the sister from a mother, and now they get married. So it sounds kind of gross, but it's really fine because they're not really related. So if the sister from the ma mother marries the brother from the father, then, okay, now comes Levi, or sorry, now comes Shimon. Shimon is now born, um, and then Reuven dies. So we say that Shimon can actually do Yibum uh, with Dina um, because they were already married when Shimon... Uh, ah, so the Gemara says, wait a minute, how could that be? Uh, they were already married. That doesn't make sense. And it's his half-sister. So that doesn't really work. Uh, and the question is, no, you can't really do Yibum, says the Gemara. 
Um, and therefore, also uh, here where um, no, we're not there yet. Sorry. Uh, therefore, here also when when Levi is born um, after Shimon does Yibum to Reuven's wife. Um, you shouldn't also be able to do yibum, and then we say no, right? You can never marry your sister, uh, but you can do yibum with Shimon's wife. Okay, let's go back to um, let's go to the next Mishnah. The next Mishnah gives us a general rule. Uh, I always like when they're general rules. Of course, the next line is oh, of course there are exceptions to the rule, um, but let's go to this general rule. Um, anyone who is an erva, right? Erva means a forbidden relationship. We'll see a, a nice chart in a few minutes, right? Uh, mother, daughter, sister, any of those people, there's no yibum, no chalita. That was what we learned in the first Mishnah uh, when, we dis when we started this discussion. Um, however, if someone is um, forbidden because of a mitzvah, meaning there is a different reason that they are forbidden, uh, either because of a mitzvah or because of kedusha. The, the Gemara is going to explain this in a minute, some sort of sanctity that they're not allowed to get married. Um, then you do chalitza and you cannot do yibum. So um, the Gemara gives, uh, the Mishnah, here's a, a picture that a sister that is also a yivama, meaning a widow. So you do chalitza or yibum. Here's the case, right? Three brothers uh, and a son. Now Leah is is Levi's daughter-in-law, right? Daughters-in-law are forbidden. Now um, the son dies, and she marries um, right the uncle. Stop, like for no, not for no reason, but uh, not because of yibum. She just happens to, I guess, like the uncle. Uh, she marries Reuven. Now her her sister marries Shimon. Now they die. Levi, don't forget. Levi is not allowed to marry Leah because it's his daughter. It was his daughter-in-law, and uh, again, she's prohibited. He can do yibum with Rachel, right? Because uh, there is uh, there is no relationship between Levi and Rachel. Um, the the Mishnah explains what is um, a forbidden uh, a woman who's forbidden because of a mitzvah. This is. Uh, seen as a secondary prohibited relationship. This is rabbinic in origin. Um, and what's the case, right? If it's um, prohibited because of kedusha, we're talking about a widow who is not allowed to marry the high priest, the kohen gadol, or a divorcee, uh, or someone who did chalitza for a regular kohen, right? They are not allowed to get married, uh, and therefore they cannot do yibum, but they can do chalitza, right? Uh, a ceremony that separates them. Um, the, um, the Gemara continues and says that, let's say somebody who is not allowed to marry into, um, uh, who's not allowed to marry another Jew, right? Uh, a mamzer, someone who uh, is the product of an illicit relationship. Uh, so then, again, that brother is not allowed to do yibum with that woman. So the Gemara says that we actually have a rule. Again, why do we have a rule? It's coming to include the co-wife of the Ilonit. If you remember, Ilonit was the woman who uh, cannot um, cannot have children. Again, don't confuse this with someone who is 
infertile or older menopausal that's not what we're talking about we're talking about a woman who's reached the age of 20 and hasn't shown signs of puberty yet um so again uh the this co-wife uh we do not uh we do not do yibum with her um or it's coming to exclude uh this co-wife again and therefore uh you can do yibum with her again it's a machloket um the Gemara continues and tells us that the sister of a prohibited woman, uh, since he can't do Yibam with her, her sister actually can uh, do, uh, can have Yibam uh, done. Um, whereas, again, the women who are forbidden because of a mitzvah, um, this is, uh, we'll talk about these secondary prohibited relationships in, in, on the next daf, um, or because of Kedusha, what we mentioned in terms of um, the Kohen, um, right? Because it's a mitzvah, the Gemara says it's a mitzvah to listen to the rabbis. Uh, that's why it's called an Isur mitzvah, right? A prohib uh, prohibited relationship because of a mitzvah. Um, as I mentioned, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, cannot marry a widow. Um, now the question is, this widow, is she from a widow from a marriage? or from betrothal, right? So, so he cannot, um, right? So the Gemara says, maybe that's why we do chalitza. Um, but if it's, if it's betrothal, um, again, sorry, if it's a widow from marriage, he is not allowed to do yibum or chalitza. If it's a widow from, um, from just a betrothed relationship, right? They were just engaged, but in, in the time of the Mishnah, it was much more, um, much more serious. Uh, then uh, maybe you do chalitza, uh, but for sure not yibum. Um, what happens if the brother, again, we just said they're not allowed to do yibum. What if the brother does do yibum? Um, does it work, right? So the Gemara says it does work, and the co-wife is free. She does not have to do chalita uh, or yibum. Um, and uh, the Gemara says, no, maybe only if uh, he does yibum for uh, those secondary prohibited relationships. Um, and, uh, but he cannot do yibum with uh, the uh, prohibited, uh, what we talked about, prohibited in terms of kedusha sanctity, when we were talking about the priest and the high priest. Um, what about a widow from betrothal? Remember we said is also forbidden to the high priest. Uh, and the Gemara says, no, um, the decree is lest he marry a widow from marriage. So again, uh, would he be allowed to do um, chalitza or not is a machloket. Um, as I mentioned before, yibum has to do with inheritance. Therefore, um, you do yibum for brothers that are linked at least through the father, uh, and not if it's only linked through the mother, um, right? Everybody knows that you only do yibum, right, if there are no children, uh, and the Gemara goes through all of these, uh, all of these uh, cases. Okay, um, so let's go to Daf 21. Uh, Daf 21 is uh, the idea of shniot. Shniot are uh, secondary uh, relationships. Um, what are these secondary relationships? Okay, I'm going to stop sharing my screen for a minute. 
uh, and show you this uh, this next slide I actually took from the Art Scroll um, Gemara. And I, I just thought that instead of going through all the slides, um, you can see it very clearly. So let me just explain what we're talking about. Uh, we have a man in the middle. Uh, men are squares uh, and women are circles or rounded on the edges. Um, okay, the man is in the middle. Everybody who is, the way I, I, the way I visualize it is we're going to talk about like concentric circles. Um, the man in the middle, anybody who is, uh, you know, any woman who is close to him, right, that close circle, mother, father's wife, right, daughter, daughter-in-law, granddaughter, right, granddaughter or grandson's daughter, right, those are people who he is, uh, you know, intimately related to. Those are um, rabbinically, uh, sorry, those are biblically Forbidden. Those are the arayot. Uh, those are our. We mentioned them uh, either last week or two weeks ago in the in the second Mishnah. Now we have um, what we're going to call uh, secondary uh, arayot, secondary forbidden relationships. These are going to, excuse me. These are going to expand the circle outwards in order to prevent again um, the man. Uh, transgressing on a biblical level, the rabbis uh, enlarged that circle of who is prohibited. So I'm not going to go through each one. You can look on uh, DAF 21 for the entire list, but you can see it here. It's basically anybody who the man is related to. Uh, again, uh, the, 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 the Gemara kind of goes uh, in order, right? You can either go down, meaning uh, down a generation or two generations to grandchildren, or you can go up, meaning to, not, you know, again, the, the mother, the father, to grandparents, right? Again, so it goes up, and it also goes uh, across, meaning to siblings, uh, or here are, um, right, aunts and uncles. Uh, so you see their aunts and uncles from the mother's side, from the father's side. Again, it gets even more complicated because when you're on the mother's side, it's the mother's maternal brother or the mother's paternal brother. Uh, and again, the other way also. Uh, we will see in one minute anything that has the word father in it. Right. As we said, that is going to be problematic uh, and therefore that will be a prohibited relationship either primary in the sense of biblical or secondary in a sense of rabbinic. Uh, we're going to ask in one minute, what about when I have the mother's, right, the mother's maternal brother? Uh, and that's going to be uh, a question that we are going to see in a minute, though we are going to add uh, more people to that. So uh, that, is, um, that is that. Uh, let us continue back to um our hadron slides um hold on one minute uh let's go to daf uh 21 um as i mentioned there were certain relationships that were forbidden uh the gemara though mentions that there are certain relationships that are permitted so the per, what's permitted the wife of the father-in-law is permitted um we also have the uh wife of the stepson, we also have, uh, except 
that the the daughter of the stepson is going to be forbidden. And we're going to get a rule why this is in a minute. Um, the stepson, however, can marry the stepfather's previous wife, which sounds very close, but uh, uh, that is okay. Uh, but uh, again, as we said, um, that is permitted, but the daughter is prohibited. Um, Sorry, one second. Let's see. Uh, right again, this is this is prohibited. Let's get to uh, these four women. Daf twenty one uh, tells us that there are four women. Uh, sorry, let me take a step back. All the women we've mentioned up until now um, extend up and down, meaning uh, a man is not allowed to marry his daughter his granddaughter, his great-granddaughter, his great-great-great. You can extend it in, in either direction uh, as long as it's that direct link, his mother, his grandmother, his great-grandmother. Those are always going to extend up and down as far as you can go. The Gemara tells us that there are four women who are part of this secondary uh, rabbinic prohibited relationships that it does not extend up or down. Um, so these women are um, the mother's paternal brother's wife. So again, uh, you can see here, this is the man, Ruvain. He has a mother. Uh, the mother has a brother from a father, David. And uh, um, now you have, right, that wife. That wife is uh, actually, that wife is permitted. Uh, sorry, that wife um doesn't extend any further meaning it doesn't go up or down um we also have the father's maternal brother's wife uh and we have a daughter-in-law uh, and another case that's added is the maternal grandfather's uh wife and um and that is also uh, that is also added. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, we're going to ask, right, whenever you have the word father in the sentence, I understand uh, that that is going to be, uh, that is going to be uh, forbidden. What about the mother's maternal brother's wife? Again, I don't have the word father in any of these things. Um, the Gemara goes through, um, maybe there is a decree, a gzeirah, um, lest you marry the paternal brother or from the other side as well. Um, and then the Gemara gives us a rule that when a woman is prohibited, an erva, then the parallel of that woman, right, the parallel man, his wife is going to be secondary, right? So again, you're not allowed to marry, um, right, your, your father's sister, and what about your father's brother's wife? Uh, that seems to be, right, secondary. And the Gemara gives certain examples where that's not the case. Um, and then the Gemara says, well, there's another rule. The rule is when there's only one link be through marriage, so then that woman is going to be prohibited. But when the link is through two marriages, then, um, then that would be permitted. Let me see if there were pictures. I don't remember. Um, hold on. These are all going to be cases. Uh, this is the next case. Uh, what about, so we asked about um, like aunts and uncles, 
or whatever, uh, uncles, wives. What about go up another generation? The grandfather's brother's wife. Do we, right, again, we went up. Do we go up another generation? Uh, that is the next question, right? It wasn't mentioned. And the Gemara says, ah, there is going to be a new list. Uh, we only mentioned eight secondary, right, shniot. Um, we are going to add another eight in a minute, right? They're also uh, going to ask about the the grandfather's um Yes, right, the grandfather's sister. What about her? Uh, so the Gemara says there actually is another list of these secondary um, prohibited relationships. Uh, and now we're going to go up, right, to the third generation, right, to the grandfather, right? So we have the third generation from the son, Right, and I think we have a few, right? You can see uh, you go up to the son, uh, you go down to a granddaughter, uh, you go up and across, right? Uh, the the grandsons, um, one second, ah, you have a stepson's granddaughter, you have a, a stepdaughter, right? Granddaughter, again. So these are all rabbinically uh, forbidden. Uh, now you have four generations up uh, that are also like in-laws, uh, and those are also going to be uh, prohibited. Again, if you're asking who would want to marry their great-great-grandmother, you know, on their father's side, again, I, I don't think that we're talking about actual cases. I think we're talking about theoretically how strong are these bonds, right? What is prohibited and what is um, permissible. Again, the Gemara asks if these extend up or down more than what we just did. Uh, the Gemara says um, um, it does not seem to extend up. Uh, some say maybe it does. Um, what about, uh, or is there a concept of these rabbinically forbidden relationships for non-Jews? Uh, the Gemara says it seems like not. Uh, and here we get into an interesting discussion about converts. Um, as we know, when someone converts, so um, according to Jewish law, they're not really seen as having those original relationships, mother, father, sister, brother, uh, so much so that in theory, though we do not allow it, if a brother and a sister who are not Jewish convert, in theory, they could get married because according to Jewish law, they are not related. Again, we say rabbinically they're not allowed to and we don't allow it. Um, but it is interesting that uh, according to Jewish law, uh, they're not uh, really seen as related. Okay, last daf, daf 22. Um, we're going to continue, uh, and we have the next Mishnah tells us, uh, we're finished with, the, with our pictures, um, but the next Mishnah tells us that um, any brother is obligated in Yibum. Of course, the Mishnah is going to say, uh, what does that mean, any brother? Um, except for a brother from a non-Jewish servant or a non-Jewish woman. Um, any son is uh, going to exempt his mother from having to do yibum uh, again um and he uh and he's also going to be um um uh what's the word uh not obligated he's going to be punished uh if 
he uh, strikes his father, meaning any son, if you strike your father, you get punished. Uh, and what does it mean, any son, except a son from, an, again, a non-Jewish servant or from a non-Jewish woman? So the Gemara explains what are we talking about? What does it mean, any brother? Um, the Gemara says even a mamzer, meaning uh, if a man... Uh, is married and has a family and has a, a, a son, and then the man has an illicit relationship, um, that child uh, is called a mamzer, and uh, again, what we would call illegitimate, but uh, it means a, a uh, just by the way, a, a misconception. Uh, uh, if um, a man has, um, if a man is married and then he has a relationship with a woman who is not married, um, Right, uh, that child is not a mamzer. Right, a mamzer is only from one of these prohibited relationships, including a, a married woman. Uh, but if she is not married, that child is not a mamzer. Um, but here, the Gemara says that a son from a forbidden relationship is seen as a brother and is eligible to do yibum or needs to do yibum. Um, and he also uh, exempts his mother uh, from having to do uh, yibum and he inherits his father. Um, and uh, again, if the, uh, his brother, right, if they are priests, uh, then the brother can uh, become impure if uh, right, he dies. Uh, again, they're seen as brothers, which is fascinating if you understand that really came out of a, a, a forbidden relationship. Uh, the Gemara still sees a link between, uh, again, the father and his sons. Um, a non, uh, as we said, the, the, the non-Jewish uh, slave, uh, the, the Gemara explains that she goes to her master and all her children uh, belong to her master and they are not Jewish. Therefore, they're not seen as brothers. Um, and the Gemara talks about the verse saying that you have to look and see if the, uh, the man has any children. What does it mean, look and see? See if there are any, uh, again, mums, illegitimate children, again, children from um, forbidden relationships. Uh, the Gemara says that uh, a man who has relations with his paternal sister, again, that is not allowed, uh, he is obligated for two things, right? Maybe because it's his sister and it's the daughter of his father's wife. The Gemara says, no, 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 you're only, um, you're only obligated or, or transgressed one, which is that is, she is your sister. Um, and finally, the Gemara says that a man doesn't have uh, any relation to um, a sister from a non-Jewish slave, um, but he is related to the sister um, of uh, a woman that his father was with out of wedlock. Uh, so again, uh, talking about what creates um, the, the brotherly bond and the father-son bond as well. I think with that, we are going to end. Um, I hope that it was clear. Uh, I, I really tried to uh, uh, really understand. Um, hold on one minute. What's the case? 
a brother and a sister, both married with children, died in a car accident. Afterwards, the widow and the widower married each other. Not Yibum, but an interesting scenario. Yes, um, actually, uh, somebody who, uh, w- when we discussed the two brothers dying, and we, we asked in our shear, how could it be that two brothers die exactly the same time, uh, someone brought up a, uh, a car accident, right, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, this uh, Masachet is dealing a lot with death, um, but we are trying to uh, make up for it by taking care of the widow. Uh, wishing everybody uh, a good week, uh, a less complicated week, and uh, wishing everybody a Shavua Tov and Shabbat Shalom.